Hi, I'm James Kotecki. You're listening to the C-Space Studio Podcast. Interviews with technology, media, and marketing leaders from CES 2020. Hi, I'm James Kotecki. You're here with me in the C-Space studio at CES 2020. And joining us is Phil Duncan, the Chief Design Officer of Procter & Gamble. Morning, James. How are you? Thanks very much for being here. Phil. Absolutely. Appreciate it. You have a very cool job title. How do, you, how do you define and explain your job? I do have a very cool job title, and I have a very cool job, too. Um, you know, I think my job at P&G is to really um, elevate the superiority of our brands to ensure that consumers, when they are you know, in a relevant context to shop, think about, discover brands, that they look at the portfolio of our brands and say, that's something that I you know, am really interested in bringing into my life. Um, I also have a wonderful team of designers across the company. Um, so uh, inspiring them, helping them to elevate their own work, um, you know, maybe very busting a bit occasionally. Um, but it's also a, you know, a wonderful opportunity to bring design together across R&D, marketing, IT these days, and really be this interesting confluence to help um, all of our business partners think about how to bring that superiority to life. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it's a, again, it's a privilege and a joy to be in the position that I'm in. And, and what does that really mean in practice? Are you, uh, are you doodling all day? Are you, are you like giant whiteboards where you're scrawling crazy ideas? Or what does what your physical day-to-day -day look like? Yeah, I mean, I do think uh, any good creative has always got some level of you know, practice within them during the course of a day. Um, but you know, I really do. I meet with our business teams a lot. Um, uh, we go through a lot of interesting business challenges in terms of what um, design ideas may be you know, on board. Um, so I'm, I'm obviously working closely with a lot of our different you know, areas of the business, but I'm also responsible for, th for things like our CES program. Mm -hmm. So um, bringing that whole program together is particularly the past couple of months has been a big part of my work. Can you give me an example of a, of a design challenge and how you kind of took that, or just how that process kind of works? A specific for a specific brand or product? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of different you know, examples I could point to. Um, I'll use Olay, one mm -hmm. of our um, premium skincare brands, as an example. Um, we really talk about how to bring consumer experiences and really reinvent the consumer experience across product, package, customer, um, in-store, and value. So as we sit down and think about ideas for the you know, Olay brand, of course we're thinking about the product component of it. Mm -hmm. um, the actual it, chemical makeup of the physical thing. Yeah, for sure, the exactly. Yeah. There's the, the product piece of it, how does it feel, what are the textures, mm. you know, even color, because a lot of those things can cue performance and efficacy. Mm. Um, but then we're also, of course, looking at you know, shape and container, primary, secondary packaging. But in today's world, we're also really quickly integrating, you know, how might we think about, you know, expressing the brand in a digital in a digital way. One of the ways that we've been connecting with consumers a lot on our Olay business re recently is the Olay Skin Advisor. And this is a technology that allows you to take a selfie of your own face so you get your skin age and mm -hmm. then the, recommends uh, a regimen of products from Olay for you. Hmm. So that user interface and that engagement is a whole other level of how we kind of think about crafting the overall experience with our brands. And even though you're a consumer products company, do you really think in terms of selling experiences now? 
Um, it's, it's not an either or. It really is a combination. I'll use a, a design thinking phrase of yes and. Mm -hmm. um, uh, obviously, the consumer puts out cash for a, a product, right? Mm -hmm. But a product anymore is not just the physical thing that might sit on his or her counter at home or in their storage area or above their washing machine, you know, what have you. Um, it really is about, you know, how do these brands and products fit into my life? Um, how do they uh, affect my everyday, um, you know, being? So we really think about elevating the consumer experience in combination with just the physical product as well. If you put the same chemical makeup of Olay into a completely unmarked kind of just white container, right, and you didn't do any marketing or branding around it, um, do you have a sense of like how much of the value the consumer is getting actually comes from all that other stuff beyond the physical makeup of the product? Oh, for sure. I think we clearly understand through a lot of our both testing uh, constructs as well as just how we engage with the consumer that there's clearly the performance component of the brand is most critical, right? Um, that's where the brand really needs to shine, really needs to drive the superiority from a performance standpoint. But we've also learned uh, through things like uh, we use a body of evidence approach to looking at are we really and uh, truly delivering a superior holistic consumer experience. So mm. we're looking at a lot of different metrics to understand whether or not we're really delivering that kind of wow uh, impact for the consumer. And do you use things like artificial intelligence to kind of crunch those numbers and uh, optimize? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, technology has really been a, um, a transforming construct in design, and particularly in the past decade. And we use a lot of artificial intelligence to help us do things from in the creation phase, where we are ideating and utilizing, you know, um, artificial intelligence to help us to get to concepts faster, hmm. help us iterate. Um, help us to kind of go through A-B testing, utilizing and connecting with performance marketing metrics. So any day, you know, I really do think the design you know, industry, if you will, has really been transforming by integrating this kind of technologies and, and, and really enabling us to do, you know, frankly, even better work. We're talking to Phil Duncan, Chief Design Officer, Procter & Gamble. Is, is, when you talk about AI in the concept creation phase, I think mm. people might be comfortable with the idea of AI helping me you know, A-B test things or crunch some data once something exists. I think some people are a little more nervous around the idea that AI might be creating <laughs> the concepts. I mean, how does that actually look in practice? Well, you know, I think if you start with a premise of, you know, imagining what an idea space could be um, and utilizing artificial intelligence as a way, as a jumping off point, mm -hmm. ultimately I don't think it will ever replace, you know, the skills of a, of a designer or a design thinker or a creative. But I also don't believe that not embracing this kind of technology is, uh, is good for um, creation either. Um, we're trying to be much more agile and faster in our creation process. Um, and AI really allows us to jump faster into concepting than, frankly, starting from scratch. So um, it can be a real enabling tool. Interesting. Do you uh, also think about the fact that people see most of your physical goods maybe digitally first? They see them on, online or in some kind of online campaign or just uh, digitally on screens. Do you design physical products differently knowing that people will see them on screens first often? Yeah, absolutely. We've done some interesting work to look at um, how our designs, kind of winning from, I call it the post back, or winning from the social media post back. Mm -hmm. You know, how the, the ultimate kind of, if you will, reference from a consumer is, did I buy it and then did I post it on my social media and recommend yeah. it to my friends? Mm -hmm. So it is really interesting to look how, at how consumers are posting and sharing your product and how in a social or mobile you know, world that's very different than obviously looking at it in a, you know, on a store shelf. So 
we've looked a lot at how our products and packages show up in a social digital world and what are some of the nuances in the context of how we can make sure that we, when a consumer is looking at it in a mobile context, um, it has all the relevancy and all the beauty, all the beauty they're looking for. And can you share a detail about that? I mean, is it do you tweak a color or a font size or yeah, something like sure. that? Yeah, sure. I mean, I do think in a digital phase, you don't have to be so over-prescribed in the context of how much data you share on the package or what have you. An example mm. of with our Olay business, we looked at over uh, 500 social media posts on our Olay business in China and uh, on a recent launch on our Olay Whips product, which is a terrific product. But it was very interesting to see the Chinese consumer who was taking the cap mm -hmm. off the product, laying it beside. Obviously, they could get a, you know, a shot of not only the beautiful product on the inside, but also the package. Yeah. Well, we had put a lot of our effort in, in the decoration of that package and bottle on the outside of the lid, right? Mm -hmm. So suddenly, they're flipping it over and we had not necessarily given as much attention to the inside of the cab. It seems like a detail, but when you go back to creating holistic consumer yeah. experiences that really are superior, those are the things that can start to matter. I, I would fully expect you to be the details guy when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> I'm proud of uh, that. That's great. Um, you mentioned design thinking and, and the phrase yes and being part of it. It's also a great phrase in improv comedy also. Um, does, what, can you just explain a little bit more about what design thinking is? and how technology kind of changes, or maybe doesn't change, that process. Because ultimately, it's a very human-centered process, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, we always talk about starting any innovation at P&G from the basis of the consumer, and what are the tensions in his or her life, and how might we, you know, solve those, if you will, through different solutions. Um, but I think design thinking allows you to, to, at its core, what I love about it is it's both uh, diverting constructs to explore lots of ideas. Um, you know, I really, also going back to your question about my role, I really do see me as an enabling person to make sure that our teams are really broadly and robustly exploring spaces. In today's world, I can't possibly know what a young Chinese consumer, young woman might want from a, a feminine care product or a skin care product. But I can help the teams to robustly explore a space that we think is, that is really robust. Um, and then use design thinking to kind of expand that, and then data and technology to help us refine and select those that are really working. Using big data to help us to kind of pick the ones that are really starting to resonate with consumers and get rid of the ones that are not. So it's, it's got this both widening of concept and then also narrowing at the same time, which I think is what is a principle behind design thinking. A sense of asking, uh, knowing kind of not the, all the right answers, but some sense of the initial right questions. Correct, correct. I mean, I, you know, I, there's a femcare product that has been wildly successful in China uh, called Koala Hoo Hoo. And uh, when I looked at the package, it had a lot of sparkles, and it was not exactly my design aesthetic, but it was a good thing that I did not sit there and judge it, because frankly, it has been a runaway hit in China. And uh, we did that because we explored a space robustly, and the consumer voted and said, I like that one. So that's a, a good example of how we use kind of the diverging and converging aspect of design thinking. P&G is, as a company, I believe almost over, maybe it's over 180 years old. Yes. Um, are there design lessons from that uh, long storied history that you can share with the up and coming tech people here at CES? Sure, sure. Well, I mean, at the heart of everything that we do from a consumer standpoint or innovation standpoint is to really pay attention to the consumer and be very consumer based in any innovation. So. You know, at times the technology has the uh, ability to step out in front of the consumer message, right, or the consumer insight. Um, so we really try to do a great job of ensuring that we keep the consumer at the heart of all we do and don't just introduce technology for the sake of introducing technology. 
But from a, you know, from a design and kind of communication and creative standpoint, um, I would say that one of the things that we do really well at P&G is to kind of understand what are the few iconic assets on a brand and really be true to those over the years. Mm. Um, if you look at the Tide Bullseye, um, that's been an icon for you know, decades, and that business continues to be really healthy and grow you know, year on year for many years. So, and I think it's because the consumer identifies and understands that product, whether it be now in a physical sense or a digital sense, understands that bullseye you know, reflects their values and it reflects a wonderful product that meets their needs. And so finding that interesting space with what are the few iconic assets that help you transcend time is important. Phil Duncan is the Chief Design Officer at Procter & Gamble. Thanks for the time this morning. Enjoyed it. Thanks so much for sharing your insights with us. Absolutely. This podcast is in partnership with the iHeart Podcast Network. <laughs> 